Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. Do you implement definite steps to boost your well-being? In this bite-sized edition, Dr. Tom Buckley and I discuss the best and the simplest ways to increase your well-being and to help you feel your best. Dr. Tom draws on his knowledge as both an academic and as an athlete to give some real-life examples from the London Olympics on how some athletes struggled with the basics of well-being and how it ended up costing them in performance. This is real. When you put your life on hold or you train four years to get an outcome and your well-being gets in the way, they are big consequences. Let's say I come and see you in our human performance lab because I want to optimize my well-being, performance, productivity, and my immune system. So for people listening, can you give them like four, five, six things, vitamins, minerals, tactics, strategies to boost well-being? Heading into winter, you probably want to up this, but what, what would you tell people to do just generically to boost well-being and immunity? So just generally, just leave COVID aside at the moment. Generally, I mean, I think that you know, we often think that I think anyway about 60 to 70% of it is diet. I think, you know, we have often heard the saying, and you're an elite, come from an elite running background, you can't outrun a bad diet. Uh, we saw the, the London Olympics, that phenomenally high percentage of the athletes there actually had blood sugars in the pre-diabetic range, and they're elite Olympians. And yeah. friends of yours and mine, when you were coming through Ireland running track and I was in Australia, an amount, like a large amount of people that I've trained with have heart disease. Yeah. And yeah. they were great athletes, but they ate crap. Yeah, so multiple factors in there with, with stress and um, and overtraining syndrome, but but I think sixty to seventy percent of his diet. If you don't get that foundation right, um, then um, what other things help? Absolutely help. I think you have got to get that foundation right. Um, that's highly individual. I mean, there's multiple factors as to what's the right diet for a person, which is why all diets, one diet doesn't work for everybody. Um, there was a, I remember going to a, a lecture at uh, uh, Sydney Medical School once when I was studying public health and uh, absolute expert in this area said, we should take the label off of all diets and just call them diet. I'm putting you on a diet, pick one out of, out of the, the hash and say, this is a diet for you and everybody will have results for a little while while they do it. Um, because just by becoming conscious around what we're eating, about altering what we're eating, we tend to get results. What's right for you, what's right for me? I mean, you and I know this because we've done some genetic testing and we know that you know I'm a little less carb tolerant than you and I need higher omega-3 fatty acids, so I need a more higher natural fat diet than you. So, so we, we have to, when I work with clients, I have to look at the individual. But if I'm gonna give a, if I'm gonna give a broad, guideline i'm going to say there's a few areas you need to look at there's what you're eating and that should be as natural as possible there's how you cook it and that should be as slow as possible yeah um and then there's within that there's what your metabolic requirements are so if you're you know running 20 kilometers a day you're going to need more macronutrients macro calories you need more calories than somebody who's walking 5,000 steps a day. So that's how much you should eat. So you've got to look at it that way. But I think as a general rule, if you can just avoid the processed foods, particularly the ultra-processed foods, that's foods with more than four ingredients, 
you're probably adding seven, eight years to your life. You were in a workshop recently at one of our executive performance programs and someone said, when reading food labels, what should I look at? And you said, nothing. <laughs> Buy foods without food labels. I think it's really simple, right? Eat stuff as natural as possible. That comes from nature. Lots of vegetables, like, you know, stack your plate with vegetables yeah. uh, and also alcohol, alcohol in moderation. So we've got nutrition covered and yep. we could do a whole talk on nutrition separately. What else? So mobility. We are designed to be mobile. We, a lot of us have become sedentary. Yeah, but I'm busy, mate. Like I'm working from home and I go from the bedroom to the kitchen to the makeshift office and I've got kids and I just don't have time to exercise. I can't do it. Yeah, your physiology doesn't care. Oh, well, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, our physiology doesn't understand. We've well, I do understand. I'm yeah. hearing my I know you do. Right yeah, now. I know. We evolved to be mobile. We evolved to be running around hunters and gatherers. Um, we, we didn't have Jimmy Brings alcohol. We didn't have 24-hour fitness. You know, you used yeah. to chop some wood and then you'd yeah. bake some food and then you'd go down to the well. And like, we just become so lazy. Yeah, and we've also fallen into... Um, I, I, we become lazy, but, but society is structured in a way that doesn't require us to be that mobile. We're able to drive everywhere. We're able to work at computers. And, and even a lot of factories now are all automated, this, automated, that. So we've evolved there. So we, we do have to now focus on purposeful exercise more. Um, doesn't have to be go to the gym and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It does have to be mobility. We do need to get the body moving and we do need to challenge the body in different ways, both resistance, you know, forced to work on our strength, uh, for distance, forced to, to, to be able to go for long periods and, and also be able to go fast for short periods. We need to challenge the body. When you take the heart rate up, we need to let it come down. The value of taking it up is training it to come down. And what a great link. I'm going to throw in one because I know you have this in your list. It'll be recovery. Well, that's oh, the third restoration, one. Restoration, yeah. sleep. And we're talking a lot about micro recovery now as well. And then in yeah. the day, the 20 to... 30-second or 90-second little mini breaks. Athletes build this in, but corporate workers, especially working remote when we're on Zoom meetings or team meetings all day, have been proven to be twice as cognitively draining. Yeah, we need to normalise recovery. We need to look at recovery in two or three different ways. One, we need to um, see it as as important as eating food um, in our day. We need to build it in across the day and we need to plan for it at night time. And that's our big failure as a society, as a Western society, is that we accidentally fall asleep or we fall asleep fatigued. We need to, we need to plan for recovery. We need to see that as, as important as the nutrition you put in um, because the best nutrition in the world with poor sleep um, you're going to be having anti-inflammatory food and you're going to be creating inflammation from poor sleep. So we, we've got to prioritize it. It's not easy, though. And, uh, you know, we kind of see recovery. You and I often laugh about this. We see recovery as sitting on the lounge with a remote control, a beer or a bottle of wine and the television in front. That's our vision of recovery. Yeah. Um, that's not all recovery. That's actually stressing the body up. Well, um, yeah, from sport, we accelerate recovery. 
and, and, and you bounce back quicker physically and psychologically. You play more, you have your top team on the field, you win more games, everyone's happy, you keep your mm. job. So in sport, it's not even an argument. We we recover first, train second. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the that's the sort of philosophical shift we need to make where we, we, we work and we work hard and then we try to recover at night. And I say try because we know, we know from the work we do in the lab that majority of people don't recover adequately. We actually need to switch that around. We need to say, right, I'm going to get my recovery done. Uh, and I'm going to do it really, really well. And when I've done that, now I can work hard, play hard, play my sport hard, and then I go back into recovery. So recovery should come first. Mm. Athletes know that because you're not going to perform at the Olympics. I mean, there's a great examples at the London Olympics of athletes who really struggled with their circadian um, rhythms when they moved to London. They really struggled with the stress of expectations. Um, they resorted to prescription medicines to be able to sleep. Right? That's not judgmental. I don't know how you'd cope in that cauldron um, but they had to do things but they actually weren't still the, the eyes were going to sleep but they weren't sleeping and we know that with a lot of sleeping meds and they underperformed I mean you know, how in those stressful scenarios recovery is really challenging and you've got to optimize everything with recovery but for our day-to-day -day lives you know if we're not recovering we're just building this basket of debt the whole way from week to week to week and then we break down Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.